0: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Reigns. and today we're having on Matt Zamalik and Julie Kepitzon. They both recently won the Habanero 100. Matt won the male side and came in first overall, and right behind him was Julie's second overall first woman female winner. And they both won the hottest 100 miler in Texas. We're having them both on the show. But before we hop into that, I have a few announcements. We do have a Patreon. So if you want to help support the show for $2 a month, you can click the link below. And we publish a chill and ultra running podcast at least once a month. We're going to work on getting it to two times a month here pretty soon. But we're going to be doing that. So if you want to help support the show, click the Patreon link below. Only $2 a month. On December 11th, we're going to be having the Backland. It's the last man standing race on Lake Texoma. It's going to be on the Oklahoma-Texas border, just north of Dallas. And it's going to be one of the first last man standing races in the North Texas area. Super excited to put this race on. It's going to be December 11th, 2021. Registration is now open. If you're interested, you can click the link in the description. And we're going to go ahead and hop right into the show. Here's Matt Zabolik. He won the Habanero 100, first place Mel, first place overall. Here's Matt. Hey everyone, we are with Matt. Matt recently ran the Habanero 100. He got first place. He's the champion of the Habanero 100. An interesting fact about Habanero it's the hottest 100 miler in Texas. And it <laughs> looks like there were 70 starters and only 24 people finished, uh, which is quite a big DNF rate. That's a pretty big rate. And uh, Matt actually got first. He's the champion and he finished in 20 hours and 41 minutes. 100 miles and some really hot texas weather so matt how are you doing and how are you holding up i know it's two weeks later now but right now how are you feeling about you know winning and has it all set in yet
1: uh yeah i mean i don't really do the races to win or anything that yeah. just if that happens in bonus so i'm always just happy to finish and yeah as far as my legs and everything like i'm fine i'm back to running to work every day yeah Oh, man. Yeah.
0: So, uh, training going into this, because Habanero, it's it's a beast of a race. And uh, there's this guy's name is Jeremy Garcia. I follow him on Instagram. He got third actually there and he did oh. some pretty serious training going into it. So, what does your training kind of look like going into a race like this?
1: Um, people ask me about training and I really never know what to tell them because I don't consider anything I do training. Yeah. I just make sure I go out and run every day. So I run to work that's in the morning and sometimes I'll run in the afternoon, but I, I really don't do much wow, that I would man. consider training. It's just the race strategy is just go out at conversation pace and just hold that.
0: Well, wow, hey, that is keep the heart
1: rate down. That's pretty much all I do. I don't I, think there's anything special about it.
0: Wow, that is the most, I think that's the most interesting response I've, I've ever gotten on the show. Usually people say, Oh yeah, you know I did this, this, and this, and they did all these things. And you're just you, you, you talked about how you you just go to work, you run to work, and then run back. I guess. Uh, where do you, uh, no, how wife,
1: far? Me up. What's that?
0: Oh, how how far is it where you where you work? Um, nine
1: and a half. Oh wow, miles. wow. So it's I don't like waking up at three thirty to be there by five fifteen to shower and then be there for the whole day, but. Okay. It, it beats spending money on another car.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, that's pretty amazing. Um, but I, I was looking at your running career on ultra up I have your results pulled up and it looks like you've been running races for quite a long time. And you're actually, your rank is pretty high up there. Um, do you kind of want to share with us your running journey uh, before like, Habanero and just kind of like where it all started?
1: Okay. Well, I've, I've been running, I'd say my whole life. Like I loved cross country and track in high school. Uh, when I got to college, uh, well going into college, I already knew that like, I wasn't really fast. Like I wasn't bad, but I, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area. I saw plenty of crazy fast people. So I was like, I am definitely not the best. And I did not want to push myself to try to even become that I just liked running, um, And so in college, I never even tried out for cross country or track or any of those things. I just kind of ran randomly on my own. Uh, We ended up moving out here to Houston and uh, my wife and I did a, I think I did the half marathon and she did a 5k and I really enjoyed it. I was like, Hey, I haven't done this in forever. And I was going to go back and do it again the, the following year with her. Well, the price went up and I was like, Oh, this is kind of a lot of money. And I, it's only 13 miles. I don't want to pay so much money just to run 13 miles. And so I started looking around for other things and, uh, I thought maybe I would do the, the Houston marathon, but this was August, I think. And I think it had already sold out and I was like, well, I'll just keep looking. And I saw this one and it said Rocky raccoon, hundred slash 50 miles. Hmm. And I had no idea that stuff like this existed. And I was like, yeah. "Whoa, this sounds cool!" And I signed up for that for the hundred miler. Yeah. And I'm, I've yeah. skipped a whole bunch of my little things that I've done on my own before this. Uh, a friend, a really good friend of mine from high school, we semi keep in touch, and he had told me about doing birthday runs. And I was like, "What's a birthday run?" He's like, "When you go run your age in miles." And I was like, "That sounds cool." So I was 28 at the time when he was telling me about it. So I mapped out 28 miles and I don't think I'd ever run more than like seven or eight at a time First 16 went great. And then the last 10 to 12 miles were just, it was hell. Like I couldn't even run. I was just walking the whole time and I was like, okay, next year, this is not going to happen. So I had to try to figure out how to, how to run something that's long like that. Yeah. And the next year went fine it just took a lot of figuring things out. And I I, I'm one that I don't like reading about how other people do it. I wanted to figure out what was going to work for me. What I came down to was I think I was just starting out too fast and I just had to slow down and slow down and slow down, even at the beginning when you have all that energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's pretty awesome, man. You know what, what I, what I learned with running as well is there's so many strategies and way to go about it. And there's all these coaches with all these different philosophies, but at the end of the day, you know we're all different, unique runners, and what works for somebody isn't going to work for us. And yeah. so I'm totally with you on that. I'm the type of guy to where I don't read the instructions; I figure it out mm-hmm. myself make it myself. And so um, that's definitely you know a good a good way to go about it as far as you know training and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I pulled up your Rocky Raccoon. It was in 2011. Um, so was the first one so, I wrote. What's the farthest distance you ran before that Rocky Raccoon hundred mile? Just out of curiosity, like a race, yeah, or just
1: any run that I've done,
0: yeah. Like what's the farthest distance you did going into that? 100-mile? Um,
1: I this was back when our kids were stroller age too, so I was pushing them in a dragon stroller, <laughs> and uh, I my wife worked one night and I was off, and they're like. I want to say four and two at the time, and uh, I left probably eight or nine at night and didn't get home till I don't know two or three in the morning. Did about thirty-seven miles. Just fell asleep in the in the stroller, and I just sat there and kept pushing them. That was the longest thing that I had done. I think before I did that hundred miler. But as far as a race, a half marathon, that one half marathon was the longest race I'd ever done before I did that hundred. And I just fell in love with it. I was, it was the greatest thing ever.
0: Yeah, Matt, that yeah. is that is that's very unique. Um, the the way the way you went about. It. Do you know who? Do you happen to know? I, I don't go a podcast without bringing this guy up. Do you know who David Goggins is?
1: Uh, people have told me about him.
0: Yeah, you you remind me a lot of the you're like the Houston version of uh, David Goggins. This guy is a crazy Navy SEAL, um, super hardcore guy. He went and did a hundred mile race with like no training. Um, but the way you talk about your training style and the way you go about, you know, um, attacking, you know, and, and just where you started and running, it reminds me a lot of this guy named David Godz. Uh After this, you definitely go check him out. Whenever you, what, what made you want to sign up for the Sabanero Hundred? It, it's a hundred mile race in the heat. What, what, what makes you want to run
1: something like that? So, I don't quite remember, but so I've been with rob and his team trot trail racing over texas for since the beginning since before it was even called that and apparently his his story that he tells is that me and another girl we came up with this we should put on a hundred miler race in the middle of the summer i don't remember saying all that but apparently i did the part i remember was when he mm-hmm. wanted to add 100k to it and i was like why do you want to put a kid's race in this we just need the the craziest thing ever Yeah. Um. But ever ever since it came out, like I'm like, I, I need to do this. It it's crazy. So have and you actually, done it have you
0: done it every year going into it?
1: Uh I've tried it every year. <laughs> I've only finished it three times. Oh wow. <laughs> but, uh, times wow. That I've done it. It's the only race that's really really struggled that I've struggled with. But I think I've kind of sort of figured it out. We'll see about yeah. if I if that's true for next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, huge congratulations on that win. So going, you know, with the start line, what was your goal for the race? Was it just to finish or was it to or beat your personal record? What was your goal going into it?
1: Finishing is always, always a goal for that race. Um, Other 100 milers, like I know I may not do great with them, but I'm hardly worried about finishing most of the races that I do. This one, I always have that little thing in the back of my head saying, "Uh, maybe it won't work out. Um, so finishing was definitely the goal. And then because Victor always has to tell me that he's got one more finish than I do. So I'm like, I at least got to keep up the whole be under 24 hours so I can throw that back in his face. Yeah, But otherwise those were the two goals, the only two goals I had going in. And I've done it enough times where I kind of had that. I know where I run. I know where I walk strategy. And I just started that off with loop one and did pretty much the exact same thing all day all night
0: yeah i mean you got to know every corner of the course if you've done it you know however many times man (laughs) yeah whenever during the race what point did it start to like hit you like the wall like what point did you hit that wall uh where it really started to hurt and the heat started to get to you
1: um i really felt good i i think i felt great pretty much the whole race like i wasn't i didn't have hardly any down feelings or where I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm this, this is going bad. Like I felt great the whole time. Um, which isn't always the case, but every now and then I'm blessed with a race where I just feel that way. And that's how that race went. Like, I just, I felt amazing the whole time. Uh, the first lap I, I forgot my ice bandana and I was like, man, idiot. (laughs) Yeah. But other than that, like, I was, I was never feeling overheated or malnourished or like I was ready to bonk or anything.
0: Wow. That's pretty amazing, man. Um, so what point in the race did you realize you were first and that you might have a shot at winning this?
1: I don't know what point at night I, I had crossed the finish line cause I was keeping track of my time. Cause I don't run with anything like watches or stuff like that. I just go all off a of feel. Yeah. Um, so I, every time I was crossing the, uh, the, for the finish line for the laps, I'd look at the clock just to see where I was. Um, and then one of the times at night, I looked to see what place I was. Cause I usually, I don't even like knowing that cause I don't want it to change my race strategy at all as far as just my pacing. And I saw that I was second. I was like, Oh, and then I was like, I'm pretty sure that German's the one that's out in front of me. And I just figured he because he, he was, uh, six miles in front of me last time. And I just figured he was, he was days out there. He looked like he, from what I heard from other people, he was doing great. And then on the 13th lap at the far aid station, um, I got there and just did my normal refill up some ice, take a couple shots of Coke and be on my way. And I saw him sitting there and I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing here? You're supposed to be way up there. Like, and he didn't look like he was doing too good at the time. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow.
0: Yeah. And, it- and when you realized you were in first, did it like kind of make you want to go a little bit faster? Or were you still playing your own game? Uh,
1: it sort of did. Part of that happened to be just because I only had after that there were only three more laps, and it's just like you feel that pull, the tractor yeah, beam, yeah. saying, "All right, come on, we can be done, we can be done." Yeah. And I didn't want to be when I started seeing that. Okay, I might be getting a, even way better than just twenty four hours. Um, I was like, "Whoa!" Then I wanted uh, a couple friends that. Uh, they had faster times than me before and she always, one of them, she always bothers me about, ah, I may only have one finish, but my finish is an hour faster than yours. And so then the new goal became just to obliterate her time as much as I could, but I didn't, I don't think I changed my pace or anything like that. I just wanted to make sure that I just kept that going and get done before that evil sun came back up and scorched everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How was the sun? Was it really hot? I saw it looked like the second day it was cloudy. Um, was it did the heat, did it affect you a lot or was it affecting you um, a
1: lot? I, I like I said, I don't think I was too affected by it. The first day it was six straight hours of being in the sun. Um, but just having those walk breaks that I put in at all those spots and keeping ice on me, I think that those two things helped keep my body temperature down and i never felt like i was overheated at all
0: yeah um so can you tell us what that moment was like when you finished whenever it was all finished you got first place and you're finally done with it um, what was that like
1: oh uh, so the last lap was just like okay i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go yeah. and i was thinking when i left for my last lap i was like okay if i just do my normal what i've been doing pretty much all night. I should be able to get under 21 hours and that was that was really what i wanted just for that last lap and i'm going and oh my gosh that last lap was just so hard to get myself to go in some of the spots but when i was coming down up toward the finish line and i could see the clock and i it starts peering peering, or peeping out around the corner and i'm like it said 20 and then i saw a four and i was like okay sweet and i didn't push myself anymore and i was like i I was like, oh, that that's all I wanted was to be under twenty one hours. And then someone said something to me like that I had taken the course record too. And I was like, wow. oh. I, I didn't even know that I was close to it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. such a great feeling. And then to be done too. Every time I finish a race like that, it's always great to just be done to know that you went through that and you conquered it.
0: Yeah yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's pretty amazing. I mean, you're out there at 21 hours, just pushing your body to your limit. Um, and I, I haven't, so personally, you know, I haven't ran a hundred miler yet, uh, still on the to do list, but from what I've heard, you know, it's just like this over almost like overwhelming feeling of like, wow, like, did I really just do that? Like, I'm so glad it's all over at the same time. Um, it's kind of like just a lot of mixed emotions and things. So what, what do you end up doing right after you, you finished? Did you, um, Did you go and eat like some pizza or what's your, what's your kind of post race
1: I I sat on the ground? Oh, okay. (laughs) And finally I was like, are are there chairs over here that stanky sweaty bodies can sit on that (laughs) someone's not going to mind. And I just sat there and then Julie came in about a half hour after me. And then German came in a bit after that. And uh, I just sat there and pretty much it. And I ate a little bit of stuff and then we just, ended up going home a few hours later but i didn't do anything just sat
0: yeah yeah to
1: done and off my feet
0: yeah well congratulations man that's like a huge feat and um so like what's your next goal in running or uh, do you have any big races in mind coming up that you want to um do good uh, the at? only thing i'm
1: signed up for right now rob has another or he has a last man standing race which i've never yeah. done one of those before so yeah. i have no idea how that's gonna go
0: yeah that should um, be fun. Cool.
1: Yeah, no, it, it funds the right word, <laughs> but yes. the next big race that I have is Brazos hundred at Brazos band. And it's the, the hundred mile trail championship for the country. Yeah.
0: Matt, can I ask you a question? Because you are a very unique individual and I mean that in a good way. Um, <laughs> what, what is your why for running? Like, why do you push yourself through these things and why do you run?
1: Why do I run? Yeah. Um, Besides just that I love to run, like, I just love the feeling, feeling I get from it. But, um, I was watching some movie. I don't remember what it was. And it made me think why I run, it had nothing to do with running. Just had had people, I think it was someone, they had some really hardship in their life. And I'm like, man, I've never had any of these kind of hardships in my life. Things I've needed to overcome or to prove myself to people. But with running, what I love about it is, um, it's hard. It's hard to go those distances and it, it, maybe my hundred miles is way more than someone else can do. And maybe they're, they would get the same feeling of accomplishment from going a half marathon or a five K or something like that. But there's things for me where I know that I can do those. And it's not that I don't feel like it can do the hundred miles, but it, every race I have pretty much, I get to those points where I'm like, Why did I sign up for the 100 miles? Why couldn't I have just done the 50 or the 25 or something shorter? I could be done right now. I could be just enjoying life and chilling with everybody else, just talking. But I'm still out here, busting my balls, going and hurting. And when I get done, I'm just like, I'm so glad I did it because I overcame that. And I pushed myself and kept going and running it always does that for me there's so many times where i'll I'll be like in the middle of a race or close to the end and i start thinking about all that and i'm like i'll just start crying and then yeah (laughs) they're they're happy tears and yeah like i'm i'm trying not to right now because i'm really reliving some of those times where i i just know how great it feels but the great feeling comes from pushing through all that and so for me, running gives me that artificial hardship in my life that I have to overcome. Yeah,
0: yeah that, that was really that was really touching, Matt, especially for me. Um, I, you know, running is kind of the same thing for me. And I actually I somebody posted in the DFW running group on Facebook. They posted a thing on like, why do you run um, or something? And I, and I wrote a little poem on there. Um, and it was kind of something similar like that. I can't find it right now, but basically, you know, I said, it was like deer running. I was like, you are the wisest person I know. Um, You've taught me uh, discipline and just all these different things and how like life impacting running is. And um, it's true. Like running is, it's like our best friend and it's who we can go to no matter what we're going through. And it can always help us get through like whatever we're going through and it teaches us so many things, um, in life and in relationships and stuff like that.
1: Oh yeah. Like I, I know I'm a better person because of all this running that I've done and not better, like in the sense of healthier or anything like that, but just the quality of the type of person that I am. Like, I know I'm a better person now than I was 10 years ago when I started all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was really good, Matt. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people who truly love running, they can definitely relate to that too. And, um, hey, man, I, you know, I say, I always tell myself, I'll be running until the day I'm 80 years old, but, uh, let's see what that's the what need. I say
1: too. But I, my, my number's 120. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm only through the first quarter of my life. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, first third.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how I see it. And I know this is a little off topic, but there's this guy I look up to, and he says it's a four quarter game. And, it, it could be 25, 50, 7,500, or 20, 40, 60, 80, however you, you want to look at it. But it's a four quarter game. And um, like I'm only in my first quarter. You're in, probably in like your second quarter right now. But a lot of people, um, they worry too much about the things that are so short term and what, what's in this quarter. But like we have like two or three quarters left of our life, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's a four quarter game. We'll see what happens in the last quarter. But
1: oh, yeah, because I, I plan on doing this forever. Like yeah. until I can't. If I couldn't run, if something happened where I couldn't keep running, like I've people have asked me, and I've just thought about it, and I'm like, I don't know what I'd do. Like yeah. I, because I would need something to fill that void of not being able to get out there and challenge myself like that. And I yeah. just, I really don't know what I would <laughs> would do if I couldn't run.
0: Yeah, you know, I think about that all the time. And I was like, if I, if I couldn't run, I'd pick up cycling or swimming. I would just have to do something like be in the gym, something like I just have to have, you know, that workout. And, uh, well, you know, I talked about this with the guest on the other show that we had, but we talked about how running is a drug. Um, it's our drug, but it's like a good drug. And so
1: yeah, I need it every day.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: like, I need it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, uh, Hey, let's just give a thank you to running, uh, for all that's done for us. <laughs> um, so I have these questions that I ask every guest on the talk show. I'll run through some of them with you. Uh, yeah. This is my favorite one right here. If you could only pick one song for runs for the rest of your life, what song would you choose?
1: So is that, so, is that a, a song that like represents running or just something that I like? Because yeah, I never I, listen to music when I run. So
0: Oh, okay. Well, if I, you could only listen to water. one song, one song for the rest of your life, what song would it be? Oh.
1: Gosh, because I don't even know that I would listen to a song. I'd rather listen to a book.
0: <laughs> mm. All right. What book I will right, we'll, we'll change it up for you. What book would you, would you listen to one book for the rest of your life? If you can only pick one.
1: Oh, I'd have to go with the alchemist.
0: Mm.
1: I, I really like the the story behind the book. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's good. A lot of people, they give me interesting answers. I've gotten some weird um, answers on that. My answer is probably in the USA, by my Airs but, um, you know, some other people they they got some. Uh, I think Run bum, uh Sean Blanton. His was like Lady Gaga, some Lady Gaga song that was actually like not the best. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he talks about how he would choose that one. Um, so, what is your second question? What is your pre race day ritual?
1: So, what I used to do because my wife and I and the kids we would we used to camp every time at the race. We would just be in a tent, and it was. Just get up, get, get, get into my, whatever I'm racing in poop, have a couple slices of pizza. Cause that's usually what we had for dinner and then just walk over the start line with my stuff and put it down and be like, all right. I, I, I never really had anything set. And now I don't know if I'm just getting not old cause I'm not going to be old for a long time, like another 40, 50 years, but, um, we've been doing hotels now and uh, I feel like I'm pampering myself too much. Yeah. But other, otherwise like pretty much the only re- pre pre-race thing that I do is just make sure I get all that poop out. So I don't have to worry about that during the race.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, That's a big part of running. It really is. It can like make or, make or break your, uh, your race performance. So before I send you off though, um, what I, what I let guests do is I let you give one piece of advice or motivation, just something for the listeners that they can take away from all this. So what's one thing you would give our listeners, um, to take away.
1: As far as just my, what I, anytime people ask me for running strategies of, Hey, I'm trying to get into whatever distance and they're training for it. The big thing that I always tell people is, Hey, conversation pace is the, is the greatest thing. If you can, if you can talk to people while you're out there running, whether you're talking to them or you're just talking to yourself, cause no one's around, like yeah. conversation pace is my favorite thing. And if you can't, if you're running too fast to talk, you're either a badass or you're just running too fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that advice. Take your easy days easy when you're running, don't go out way too fast or you're breathing hard. You can't talk. So yeah, yeah. good advice, Matt. All right, everybody. That was Matt Zamolik. And he was a super awesome, amazing guy. Um, I'm going to leave all his social media in the description below. And now we're going to have Julie on. And Julie was the first place Winner on the female side. And she also recently won the Browse Spin been in for the USATF 100 Mile Trail Championship. She's a beast of an athlete. She's training for Spartathlon. And this Habanero 100 was actually just a training block for the Spartathlon going on in Greece. And so the show or this episode I recorded of her is super fun. She's a super awesome character. And I hope you guys enjoy. Here's Julie keffitz All right. Hey, Julie, how are you doing?
2: Hey, Preston. Good to see you. Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Huge congratulations on the Habanero Hundred win. How does it feel to win the Habanero Hundred for the women's side?
2: Thank you. Um, it was it was a good race. I, yeah. I didn't know what to expect coming in. It's the hottest race I've ever run. Yeah,
0: you're from I, New York, I love right? Rob
2: and the truck crew. But this man, <laughs> this is designed to be a sufferfest. This is made to be a sufferfest. Yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're from so, so you're from New York, so. Um, how's the heat in New York compared to Texas? Like, were you prepared for the heat of Texas coming from New York?
2: Man, it was a total crap mm. uh, in New York in the summer, people complain, but it's like, it's in the eighties, you know, you get some humidity, but it's, it's tolerable. I mean, habanero, I think at the start temperatures were in the high nineties yeah. and with the humidity, the real feel was over 110.
0: Wow.
2: So I, a couple times before the start, I would actually go, there was a bathroom with running water. I would go and douse my shirt i would take it off put it under the faucet put it back on and walk out and i would be like dead dry in three minutes wow so yeah heat management was huge so was i prepared uh i don't i don't think so but i pulled it off it was an exercise in, in learning heat management on the fly i think
0: yeah yeah i mean you were you were i got the i got the results pulled up right here you weren't too far behind the first place guy you were only um looks like like 20 25 minutes behind the guy who uh, ended up getting first. So um, mm-hmm. you're, you're a pretty amazing runner. Actually, I was looking at your, your profile and it looks like you won the USATF 100 mile championships for the women's side at Brussels Bin been last year. Um, and it looks like you have a big running career under your belt. You kind of want to tell us where it all started, where your running journey started.
2: Yeah, sure thing. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't run much in college. I'd run three, four miles here and there, just jog. Um, and then when I when I graduated, I actually kind of stopped exercising. I really loved my job. Um, and as you can see from my, my running uh, record, I am bad at moderation. So I just worked like really hard, 200%. It was all work. And after a year, people at work came to me and they were like, everyone thinks you're going to burn out. Chill, you know, relax a little bit. And so I was like, okay, I'll get back into running. Um, But then I started running more and more. And every weekend, my long runs would get longer and longer. And I hit a point where every Sunday I was running like 20, 22, 24 miles. And I I, like stumbled into essentially a marathon training plan. Uh, And my friends were like, you know, this is essentially training for a marathon. Why don't you just run one? Um, And I grew up in Boston. And I always thought marathoners were just crazy because I'd watched the Boston Marathon and I, my, my parents live around mile 24. And I'd see these people like half dead staggering to the finish. And I was like, who does this? Like, who runs for this long? Yeah. Um, but I, I was going on these long, long, long runs anyway. And so I thought, you know, I'll sign up. Um, and my, my first marathon, I think it was like the Rock and Roll New Orleans or something, 2013. Um, I went out there. I felt really good. I I ran much faster than I expected, uh, and then of course I signed up for a couple more. And what happened after that was I um, I met a couple of ultra runners in New York. Here, uh, there's a really good sort of New York, New Jersey running ultra running scene. Yeah. Um, and so they they sort of me they sort of made me aware of, of the ultras out there as well. And then I signed up for for the 60k in so. so there's a race called Knickerbocker. And it's, um, what is it? It's about nine and change loops of four miles. Mm -hmm. You're just going circles around Central Park. Uh, And I ran that. I loved it. And then from there, just took off. You know, it feels like once you pass the marathon threshold, there's no stopping. You just keep going longer. Um, And then I I just kept going longer and longer. I ran my first 100 mile at Rocky Rock Moon in 2015. Um, And then, yeah, just settled into the 100 mile distance. That's what feels comfortable to me. And so that, that's been sort of my distance of choice, but I'll, I'll race a little bit shorter um, up to that. And I have a longer race coming up uh, later this month as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when'd you start like winning? Because I mean, in 2019 you won the USATF hundred mile trail championship at Ross has So like, when'd you start mm-hmm. um, getting competitive or is it just not competitive for you? You just go out there and leave it all, you know, leave it all out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, it's it's a mix of competing with yourself and competing with others. You know, ultimately, you want to leave leave it all out there. Whatever you got that morning, you want to leave it all out there. Um, and for some people, competing with others is a way to do that. It's just motivating to think, oh, I can catch, like, one more girl up ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I've – honestly, I've never been a really structured runner. Like, I, I'm not the person who has a, a training plan. Every single day, I have to hit a certain – uh, speed or mileage or something like that, I just put in miles. And my plan is, you know, as long as I run, because it makes me happy and it's not a chore, I'll keep running for a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you have, do you have like a running coach or do you just run kind of like whatever on your own?
2: I run on my own. Um, I, I tried having a coach back in 2015. Um, you know, so I, I hired a coach, had her for about a couple months, and it really didn't go well. Like her training style and mine didn't mesh at all. Um, you know, by the end of two months, she had me like just super fatigued, unable to run more than two miles. So I said, this is much more detrimental than helpful. Uh, I'd rather just just do this on my own. I think coaches can be good for for a couple of different things. You know, if you have trouble getting out the door, a coach is really helpful just to keep you accountable. Um, if you are just starting and you have really no idea where to go, a coach can just point you in the right direction. Or if you are, you know, if you really want those final optimizations to go from 99 to 100%, maybe a professional coach who's there with you can help. Um, but for me, it wasn't that helpful.
0: Yeah. 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 So when it comes to trail running, ultra running in New York, uh, I know the stereotype is, you know, concrete jungle. But I yeah. know I know outside of New York, there are some very beautiful, like, mountain ranges. Do you go yeah. to trail run? Do you go to those? Or how do you train in New York?
2: yeah i I wish I could trail around more than I do. Um, i I work a pretty intense job, so it, it takes a bunch of time. So you know I slot in running when I can. So usually it's just like how many miles can I get in before my meetings start for the day? So most of my training is in the city. Um, and most of it is is on concrete and pavement. And so actually, uh, when it comes to long road races that that's that's something my legs are really used to. Uh, when it comes to trails, you know, I'll, I'll get trail runs in here and there when I can, but it's it's hard to do it consistently.
0: Yeah, yeah. So training for the Habanero, what did that look like, especially over in New York? Yeah. What was your training for Habanero? Were you running like in the middle of the day in a hoodie, or what, what did that <laughs> look like?
2: <laughs> yeah. So my my big race this year is actually one, which oh, okay. is yeah, it's yeah. a race in Greece. Uh, it's, it's 153 miles, and so most of my training has been focused on that. So I've been putting in nothing too crazy about 70 to 90 miles a week. Um, for heat in particular, Wait, did, I you would,
0: say, did you say nothing crazy, just 70 to 90 miles a week?
2: <laughs> I, nothing crazy by Spartanathlon standard. So oh, okay. a, a good number of folks will put in like North of a hundred, <laughs> 120 miles by wow. uh, going into That's that. You know, there are ultra runners there who are putting in 200 miles a week consistently. Wow. So I'm nowhere near that. Um, <laughs> but that's what my mileage has been for the last three months or so, mainly because Cardathlon is coming up at the end of September for heat. Uh, you know, I would take whatever temperature I'd get in New York on my long run days. That'd be basically the the exposure I had. I, I was in Colorado a couple of weeks before, before Habanero and got like three runs in, in 95 degrees, but with zero humidity. So that's probably the most heat exposure I got. Um, so again, it was, it was a real gamble going to Habanero. I I really wasn't sure how I would handle the heat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What made you want to do Habanero? Was it just because it was hard and you have this race coming up in Greece or, um, what what was the pull to go all the way to Texas and run Habanero and Cat Springs, Texas?
2: Yeah, I was a couple of things. Um, it was really well-timed to be a tune-up force partathlon, both the distance and the heat I thought could be really good. Um, I really love the the Texas Ultra community. I mean, I came out so my first hundred mile was in Texas. That was Rocky Rocky Raccoon. Yeah. I ran Brazos, which Rob and the truck Crew put put on. I'm coming back for Brazos this year. So whenever I can, I'm I'm now racing uh, out, out in Texas, and so this just seemed perfect. And man, the the community at Habanero is just amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just want to, you know, real quick, give a huge shout out to Rob. Rob has grown the ultra and trail running community so much, especially in Texas. And uh, it's pretty inspiring. And his story is like pretty amazing, too. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear all about this Habanero 100 and like all these people, like the Dallas dirt runners over here in Dallas, Fort Worth are are yeah. always, um, it's like the, it's like the new years of their, of their race, of their race um, plan each year. It's like Habanero is at the top of all their list. And that's all we hear about kind of in the trail running communities about Habanero. Um, and so people who don't know what the Habanero 100 is, do you want to tell them and explain kind of like... The loops of the race how how many miles it is and um kind of the details of the race real quick
2: for sure um so uh so habanero is a 100 miler it it is flat so you know the difficulties of it are not not things like elevation um but it's designed to be as hot as humanly possible in in that part of texas so it's happening in mid-august Um, temperatures are, are in the mid to high nineties. You have huge humidity. So usually feels like, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, I mean, starting at noon is, is brutal. Like you're already broiling by the time you're starting. And so basically with a race like that, you're trying to, to manage the day and really own the night, you know? Um, but the thing is a lot of people burn out during the day because it's so hot the finishing rate is usually like 25 percent yeah yeah if you look at the swag what they usually do is put the names of all the finishers on the shirt for next year because there are so few finishers
0: yeah yeah it's pretty yeah it's a pretty it's a very intense race and um and the in the last recording with the other guy that won it um we we were talking about how low the finisher rate was and it's pretty astonishing like how few people like actually end up finishing the race. Um, So yeah, it's a, it's a very intense and hot race. Um, So what was your goal going into, were you going to, did you want to win or did you just want to finish or kind of what, what did that look like?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, my, my sort of baseline goal was just to, to manage the heat well, manage my nutrition well, et cetera, finish, you know, ideally finish under 24 hours. I, I definitely came in hoping to win and hoping to get to set the course record um I, I definitely was eyeing that but again it was it was such a gamble because i would never raced anything that hot yeah. so you know I, I knew that i couldn't burn myself out too early um because especially at you know given how hot it was it wasn't going to be my fastest hundred i knew that and so i wasn't there you know for a pr but I, I was there to to really learn and to manage it well
0: yeah Yes. Can you take us to the morning of the race? What did it look like um, Mm -hmm. at the start line? and kind of walks through the first few loops and everything like that.
2: Yeah, it's funny. So because the race starts at noon, I mean, you wake up and you usually have time, you know. And and I was there with my friend Stephanie, who was there to run the 50K. She, She actually got second in the 50K and then she crewed me all night. And she and I were kind of just sitting there in the morning saying like, God damn it, Rob, like, let's just get started already, you know. (laughs) <laughs> because you have the pre race jitters and you're ready to go, and yeah, yeah. like, well, it's only nine a.m. I have three more hours. What do I do now? Do I eat? Do I do I have coffee? <laughs> um, so that, that was the morning. Morning, uh, you know, you get there and you see everyone, like a ton of people that camped out. You know, I, everyone with their cars, lots yeah. of tents, lot, lots of lots of the running clubs set up there. their sort of bigger, bigger group tents as well. It's just a big party. Um, honestly, it it's like. It's like a running party, and those are the best ultras because that's when the community really comes together. Um, and yeah, so I guess the the hundred mile and maybe the hundred k started together uh, at noon. So Rob basically gave us a brief briefing. Basically said like, don't die out there, uh, man, manage yourselves, like grab some ice, and we started off. Um, and what was really interesting was it was hard to tell actually what races people were doing because you had the hundred mile, the hundred k starting out, you also had a hundred mile relay. Mm. And so you had people who were running in teams of sometimes two, sometimes four, sometimes more. And I remember starting out in the front with a couple of guys and then it was myself and and one other guy. And he's like, and I was like, you're looking good, man. How are you doing? Are you feeling? He's like, good. I'm just doing the relay. And I was like, (laughs) Oh man, I'm leading the hundred. Oh wow. Okay. I need to take it easy. Uh, And so throughout, um, you know, when, when I run, I talk to people like, People will, will say, why is she so smiley? But it <laughs> makes me happy, like perks people up when, when somebody says hi. So I got to know a lot of folks on the course, which was really nice. And so I sort of switched off with a couple guys, um, you know, got to know a couple people, ran a couple of miles together. It was nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It looks like when I saw pictures of the race, it was just a ton of tents. And it looked like it, it literally yeah. looked like just a huge. Uh, you talked about it earlier before the show, a suffer fest. Uh, yeah. just a festival what people suffering, <laughs> but you know, that's what old gen children is all about. That's what we, that's kind of like why we do it and can't really explain why it's just kind of who we are. So, um, exactly. So when, when did you start hitting the wall, uh, for, for the race?
2: Uh, you know, I, I usually don't actually hit a wall in most of my races. Oh, wow. I mean, I'll, I'll get tired and I'll get demotivated. Sometimes I'll get like lightheaded if, if I'm not taking in enough calories, but I've never really seriously hit a wall. Um, I think one of the things I'm very lucky about is that usually my nutrition is is good. So I, I have a really strong stomach. I can usually stomach food. And worst case, I can take in a bunch of calories through liquids. Um so I you know with habanero, I think at the start in the afternoon, I was just waiting for nighttime. You know, it's just like when is it going to be six o'clock? Uh, it, it was that, that kind of weight. And then at night it cooled down. It was nice. I mean, it, nighttime running is hard on its own just because it's demotivating. Your body gets tired. Like three, four AM, I was falling asleep on my
0: feet. Oh, wow. uh,
2: so you, there are things like that that you have to manage, but I, I never really badly hit a wall and had have to pull myself back up out of it.
0: Uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. What, what, so whenever you were, um, finishing in the last few laps and you saw that you were kind of in the lead, uh, did you start to like pick up the pace? Uh, did you try to, you know, were you trying to get first place?
2: Yeah. So so what was interesting was, uh, because it's a loop course, so it's 16 loops and about 6.6, 6.7 miles. Um, the volunteers at the aid stations actually had a hard time keeping track of where everyone was. So at some point someone told me the second woman was like only half an hour behind me. And then I booked it. <laughs> I, I think that was like maybe lap, it was nighttime, maybe lap 13 or so. Oh, wow, uh,
0: yeah.
2: And I, it was it was one of my fastest like miles that late <laughs> in the race. You know, I was like, I need to get ahead of this. Right. I like, I, I need a clear separation. Um, and then, yeah, I remember passing the second guy and, and sort of settling nicely into second place. Um, and then I think with one or two loops to go, maybe with one loop to go, my, my crew staff said, well, the, the first place guy is about 10, 20 minutes ahead of you. And I was like, I'm going to let him go. I'd <laughs> say, so I, 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 don't have it in me to chase him down. I'll take first woman if I can keep it. But you know, that, that first or that, that last loop, you're constantly glancing over your shoulder. You're like, yeah. is she there? Where is she? <laughs> Just in case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So whenever you, uh, whenever you were hitting your last lap, um, how did that feel that you were finally about to finish?
2: Yeah. Uh, it it felt amazing, but the last lap is still six miles, you know? And so it's not like the last hundred meter sprint. Um, one thing that, so usually I, I manage my feet fairly well. What I do is actually tape the entire bottom of my feet, which holds up super well. Oh, wow. um, it did not hold up here at all. No, really? Because what I didn't realize going in was that the course was like almost entirely sand.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw a, so, I saw so. Rob post a nice picture of a dump truck pouring sand on the course. Oh, gonna run, dude,
2: so. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares about that sand. <laughs> it's so unstable, and it, it just gets everywhere. And so I, I didn't even bring gators, you know? So my feet got, like, the most intense exfoliation. Basically, they were rub raw. Uh, and so by by the sixth or by the last loop, I'm just running basically on with my feet entirely covered in huge blisters wow uh and so it was it was super painful so i yeah i just tried to keep moving and, and get to the finish
0: yep so how did that finish feel when you're finally done with it all how did that feel uh
2: it felt amazing yeah. um <laughs> and by that point actually the sun is back up you know and like dawn is like a whole new life if you run through the night so it was it felt amazing and then i was really happy to sit down <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh, well, huge congrats on that on that uh, on that win for the women's side. Um, and I think Bam, that's, I think that's what he goes by. Bam. Yeah. Um, he wasn't too far right behind you. All y'all kind of finished. All three y'all finished really close together. Um, so I
2: yeah.
0: How how close y'all all finished together? So hey,
2: Bam and I kept leapfrogging each other actually throughout the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We chatted a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's a super cool guy. Yeah. He, uh, he was training hard for that race. So (laughs) yeah, that's pretty awesome though. Um, so what's this, what's this race you're running again in, in Greece that this race was kind of like a training block for what's that race in Greece called?
2: Yeah, it's called Spartathlon. Spartathlon.
0: Yeah. So for the listeners, um, if you read Eat and Run by Scott Drew, he actually talks about this race and he talks about how like it's, it's, Sounds like a pretty amazing race in his book. Um, I haven't actually seen any video footage or anything of it like that, but um, you looking forward to that race though. How? how what are your goals going yeah. into sportathlon?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, it's a super historic race. So if, if you're familiar with the legend of the marathon, so the marathon emerged supposedly when this, this messenger ran from Athens to marathon and then sort of fell dead and that was 26 miles. Um, that's actually an incorrect interpretation of the legend. The guy actually ran from Athens to Sparta, which is much farther, oh, wow. to request the help of the Spartans for the Athenians in the Battle of Marathon. And so he ran 153 miles. Oh, wow. Um, and the legend has it that he started one morning and got there by nighttime the next day.
1: Mm. And
2: so basically, people looked at this and said, maybe that's roughly 36 hours. Let's see if we can run that distance and that course in 36 hours. And that's what the race is. So um, it's, it's really... It's really exciting because also, like, every country basically sends a team or a group of folks who've qualified, and it's – talk about big ultra-running parties. I mean, you'll get, like, 400 runners and their crews, you know, people decked out of flags
0: wow. um,
2: yeah. from all around the world. It's that's, that's amazing. I really can't wait.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's uh, quite a few people's bucket list race. It sounds like a pretty amazing mm-hmm. race, um, not just, like, in the United States, but worldwide. It sounds like a lot of people really look up to, like, that race. So I'm super excited for you. We'll we'll all be uh, rooting for you down here in Texas. Thank you. Uh, But I think that's going to wrap up everything. But before we leave, I ask every guest we have a couple questions. First question, if you could pick only one song for runs for the rest of your life, what song would you choose?
2: Yeah. So my, my music strategy is really weird. Hmm. What I do is listen to the same song over and over again. I
0: listen to it like 200
2: times. So so I did the Brazos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I I do this at Brazos. I do this at Habanero. um, And it really helps me to get in the zone. You know, like I completely lose track of time of everything else. It's just a song with a steady beat that's on a constant loop. And usually it's not even like especially good music artistically. It'll be like a house song, Whatever it is. I can't even name the songs I listen to. A bunch of them are like political speeches that are inspirational sets of music, whatever it is. Um, but anything that that's a beat and fast that I can just set in the loop, that's what keeps me going.
0: Wow, that's very interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of anyone um actually doing the doing that. Everyone says it sounds like torture. Um so <laughs> that's that's very interesting. Uh um, what is your so what's your pre-race day ritual? Um so like what do you do? before all of your races
2: yeah the one thing I, I try to do is is get enough sleep you know um yeah. a lot of ultras especially if you're running 100 miles or more you're running through the night or a portion of the night yeah. and it's 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 it can be hard to sleep before because you have you know so much energy you're so bumped up so i just try to go to bed early and get as much sleep as i can um try to hydrate you know try to roll out and stretch um, basically all those things that are going to get completely depleted during the race. I try to stock up on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but every time I'm about to go to sleep before a big race, I'm always, I can't go to sleep at all. I'm just too excited. for
2: Yeah. The race. Your brain uh, is just running, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but our last question is what do you love about running?
2: Yeah. Um, I really love the community, you know, it's like, it's, a self selected community of people who are really passionate and really humble and are really willing to fail epically yeah. because they're taking on such huge challenges and and there's just such support so like you if you're ever out in a race man like you're there on a journey with all these other people you talk about competition there's certainly competition but more than anything you're there going through something really hard together and that that really brings people together and so that that's huge for me
0: Yeah, I would. I'm. I'm definitely with you on that one. Um, That's. I think I answered this question um, on another show, and that's literally like like, it's pretty close to what I said too. It's really about the community. I think a lot of ultra and trail runners can definitely agree with that, and that's kind of a big drawing point to the sport, is community. So um, it wouldn't be what it is without the running community. So.
2: Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So right before we end this, what's one thing? Of value you can give to the listeners listening right now, uh, one way they could just take away, yeah. take home.
2: Yeah, one thing that always stands out to me is that I think running, especially ultra running or distance running, is probably ten percent physical, ninety percent psychological. Yeah. So if if you do any anything at all, I would really figure out what are the the psychological blocks or challenges that you have. And really focus on those. And that might be just getting out the door. You know, people lay out big training plans. They're like, man, I was supposed to run 10 miles yesterday and I didn't have time, so I didn't do it. Go out for one mile. Go out for five minutes. Just make it so easy for yourself that you're just out there. Um, Or, you know, they're they're psychologically afraid of racing in the heat. Just go try it out. What's the worst thing that can happen? You drop, whatever, you know? So really figuring out those things and, and working on them. That is worth to me a thousand times more than like putting in 10 more miles a week.
0: All right, everybody. That was Julie Keffitt, super amazing person. Right before we wrap up the show, go ahead and leave us a rating on podcast. So if you're on Apple podcast right now, just go and scroll down, leave us a rating. And that is the end of the show. Thanks so much for everybody who listened and stay tuned for the next episode of the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show.